UEBO. Thanks, Tony. He's retired sergeant major and author of We Are America, a voice from the silent majority. Uh, John Devertai is going to join me now to talk about uh, striking Iranian target targets and, and what's that even doing to help anybody. Um, John, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm a little off today. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, um, the the whole thing, uh, here's my take, and then I'm going to let you take the show. Um, when they start killing our people, I want to smack them back and take them out twice as bad. I, that's just how I feel. We are America. We don't put up with this crap. But I don't know if it's helping our allies at all. But Iran is a is a terrorist-backing country, and when they shoot and kill our people, I want I want some smackdown as an American, but I don't know if it's helping our allies. Um, you're actually you're absolutely correct. Um, I spent a lot of time in Iraq. I did seven tours in Iraq and three in Afghanistan. Oh my gosh! Um, Are you okay? And, yeah, okay. yeah, I'm fine. Right. Um, you know, I consider myself lucky. But um, yeah, I mean, what they do understand is you know they do you know the people. You know, they do want assistance, but they also understand, and kind of what I told them is, I'll help you with one hand, but I'll cut your head off with the next. Because don't mess with me. That's right. And it held, and it held true. I'm out in, in the middle of that in Kandahar, in northern Kandahar, and the Taliban, you know, kept going to the elders, and they have to get permission from the from the locals to, you know, attack my little base. And we didn't have a large security force, but because of our, of our good relationship with the locals, is they kept denying, no, you're not going to do it. But you do have to show strength. You can't draw a line in the sand when they cross it, and then you draw another one. You cannot do that. They understand strength. So and if you look at everything going on in the Middle East, it is backed by Iran. It is basically a Shia-Sunni fight. Mm-hmm. Well, and you All saw right? Meta remove their supreme leader from their Instagram accounts, finally. Finally. Yeah. 5.1 million followers. What does that tell you? Well, if we can finally get them to also get the pedophiles off their program, then that be, be something. That would be great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you never know who's a pedophile. They come in the weirdest packages. So creepy. Um, yeah. Terrorists are pretty much blatant about it, though. So I'm so glad that you agree with me because people keep calling me a warmonger. I'm like, I don't fight anybody. But you don't start nothing, there won't be nothing. You start shooting at our young men yeah. and women. We have three. Beautiful young souls, one little older, but two very young, who are gone now because these Houthi rebels backed by Iran want to show that they have big wieners. I don't know what the deal is, but they need to die. Well, it's not only the three that were just perished in Jordan, but also the two Navy SEALs right. that passed and passed away, taken down a, a supply ship. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm a fan of proxy wars. And we're in the Middle East because of the Bretton Woods Agreement. So we have to go back post-World War II. So with the Marshall Plan, we're kind of trying to keep communism at bay. But Europe, Japan, and Southeast Asia really didn't have the economic structure to sustain it. So we helped them out with the economic structure. But in doing so, we had to provide security. We also had to provide security internationally. And what we said was, we're going to provide security internationally, but none of this imperialism expands on me anymore. So we killed imperialism by doing this. So, but today, you fast forward to today, you look at Europe, you look at Japan, and particularly China, because that's where, where they get a lot of their oils in the Middle East. 
And we get very, very little out of the Middle East. And they, Europe and China have the biggest economic um, stance in there by getting that oil out of there. Mm-hmm. So why, where are they at? Now, I, I see Britain there. I got it. But where's the rest of the EU? They're waiting and for us to do everything because they don't want to exactly. spend any of their money. Right. And we're going to continue. We continue to do it. As long as somebody's going to paint your house, you're going to let them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what's going on. We need to really just start walking away from there. The other aspect is this, is you look at the local, the Middle East, and like I stated earlier, the Sunni-Shia fight. We've been holding those two at bay, which is basically Shias are, are the Persians in Iranian Qatar, and the Sunnis are basically the Saudi Arabians, uh, UAE, those nations. And they just really don't get along. It's like the but Protestant they were fighting before we got there. Sorry exactly. to interrupt, but they, and they're going to be fighting when we leave. It's, we're not making any difference. Right, and that's what I'm getting at. Is just you know, I'm sorry. It's two brothers. Let them duke it out. Yeah, just leave them alone. You know, if they roll on the steps, so be it. Yeah, and what's going to happen is, is you know, the OPEC prices. There's not going to be as much fuel out there. The American oil companies are going to profit off it. You know, so now America, we make more money. Um, and we just concentrate on our own hemisphere. Yeah, we Period. need we need a president who understands that American oil is plentiful, and we need to actually access it but that's neither here nor there the one place we belong though is defending israel and in this this we need to have a two-state consideration neither one of them want it so why does america think that because we want to promote it and provoke it that it's going to happen um, that the uh Hamas and, and the Gaza Strip, they don't want it. Israel doesn't want it. They're never going to agree. And we're over there trying to talk them into something they've both said ain't going to happen. So we need to support Israel, get our hostages out of there, and crush the worms. Yep. And, you know, I'm all about back in Israel. But the Middle East, again, it takes the region to get the Palestinians to come to the table and have an agreement. If you look out through the agreements over the, over time, since the uh, inception of Israel and the Palestinian state, so-called state, they have come to the table with the same agreement on both sides at different times. And they presented the same agreement, which is, hey, you know, we'll do these things. And I forget exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I read that. But anyways, they've come to the same table, to the table saying the same thing. And they, when... Israel presents it, the Palestinians say no. When the Palestinians present it, the Israelis say no. Yeah, because you know? neither one of them wants the other one to be there, but exactly. Israel is the one that's a recognized country. End of yeah, story. You can't, you, you can't negotiate if the parties don't want to negotiate. Period. Exactly. All right, so it's you like, have a book called We Are America, A Voice from the Silent Majority. So why did you write it? I mean, you clearly served our country like 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 a stud horse. Um, a, thank you for your service, but... Thank you for support. You're welcome. Then you come home and you write this book, and you're just blowing stuff out of the water because you've got to be frustrated. Yeah, I mean, the book really, when I first wrote it, people thought I was writing a military book about my, my time in service. I'm like, first of all, I'll never do that. Um, I said, what this is, this is taking my experience on solving problems and putting it to use on the American industries. I have a tax chapter. There's a health care chapter. There's an illegal immigration chapter. 
There's a chapter on the Middle East. There's a chapter on NATO. I even got to redesign the Department of Defense to to uh, make it more efficient as well as cut cost. Um, I mean, I've got a war on drugs chapter that I guarantee most people will slap me in the face for the conclusion. Here's the thing. I give you the problem, I give you facts, and I give you a conclusion at the end. And these conclusions are not just regular conclusions. They're actually sustainable. They actually give you actual solutions, unlike what Congress does. We all know Congress doesn't do anything. Congress is broke. Congress is the problem. Congress likes red tape. That's pretty much it. Um, So, you know, there, there is a problem. We can all see what it is. It's just that we have two different sides. One wants to make the criminals the the pity party, and the people who are trying to stop them were were the extremists. So, you know, at this point, I don't even care what they think. Let's just knock it out. Right. I'm done. And, you know, there is a solution to pretty much every issue we have. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that these parties don't want to come to the conclusion. Right. Because if they continue the argument... They will continue to get donors, and they continue to make money. And this is what I want your listeners to do. is What I do is, I sh- in one of the first chapters, I show you a matrix. So what you do is, before you even look at candidates, is you go through and you write down what major issues you think affect. It could be your local government. It could be your state. It could be federal. You write down those issues that you think are the most important, and then you decide what you would do. Then you go look at the candidates and see where they're at. And as long as they're in your general direction, you can give them a point. Whoever has the most points wins. And if you think for this presidential election, it is the Middle East is a major concern or the border is a major concern, which I think the polls say it's a border, you give that, that category uh, two points. So whoever is aligned with what you believe we need to do, they get two points. It could be both of them. Both candidates could agree with you. And then they both get a point. Now, if you have a tiebreaker, and I'm giving away the chapter, then it goes to the two-point, to the double one, because that's your most important issue. And the reason I wrote the book is I had a friend of mine during the 2008 election, and we were talking about Obama and McCain. And when I asked her to, you know, what would you do on each one of these issues, you know, when she told me what she wanted to do, I started laughing at her. I said, you do realize, you know, out of... I think it was like eight issues. You agreed with this candidate for seven issues. And the candidate you say you're voting for, you only agree with him on one issue. And she was stunned. And I highlighted logic. Ooh, logic. And when when people read the book, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, they come back and they're like, man, you got some really good ideas. I'm like, one of the things I do take do is I remove the Republican-Democrat discussion. I remove the Biden-Trump discussion. I remove them out of the equation. Because if you mention Trump to some people, they get a visceral reaction. If you mention Biden to some people, they get a visceral reaction. So immediately they're going to lock up. Mm-hmm. But if you just present the idea, they're like, oh, yeah, that's a great idea. And then you tell them, well, actually, it was the other guy's idea that you disagree with. Yeah. So, and I love when people do that. When you tr- paint the horse black and then you, you know, pour the water on them and it shows they're white. Yep. I, I love that. All oh, right. Yeah. I'm running so out of time, fun. but where do people get where do people get your book, John? Uh, you can go to Amazon. Um, it's in paperback. It's also on Kindle. Um, and I advise people when you read it, you know, read it with somebody. Just read a chapter. Do your own research. 
I, I didn't put as much information in there as I could have. Um, I just want to get the brain juices going and get people to start thinking and start doing their own research. Yeah. And do you have aspirations for higher office? I used to. Uh, a friend of mine who was involved in that was, was told me that, look, that system is whole, so broken. You get up there, all of, you're going to be on the news every night, and they're just going to bleep everything you say because you're just going to be cussing like a horse. Yeah, don't, like don't cuss. Yeah, I have a hard time with that, too. I get so mad, I don't even realize I've turned into a pirate, so you got to be careful. Um, yeah. But, yeah, um, the book is but something I, I think everyone should read. Yeah, it's 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 a good book. It's um, I, I mean, I wrote it, but I'm being biased. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good book. It's simple. You know, it's not long. It's not drawn out. You know, I hope people enjoy it. And if you like it or don't, you know, even go go back and, you know, tell me I'm an idiot. You know, you're not. So. You're not. <laughs> uh, retired Sergeant Major and author of um, We Are America, A Voice from the Silent Majority. Check it out. His name is John Ty. Thanks for being on the air, John. I wish my brain were clearer today, but you got what you got today. Sorry. All right. Well, you take care and uh, enjoyed it and hope your audience enjoyed it as well. They will. There will be a podcast on Spotify later tonight. You can look for it. Okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.